Hey, it's Isaac Shade here with a quick note about today's show. We recorded this episode literally minutes before the news broke about Chris Beard's firing at Texas. So what we're going to do is drop in my Locked On Now immediate reaction to the firing. You'll hear that, and then it will roll straight into today's actual episode. Enjoy. Breaking news. The University of Texas has fired head coach Chris Beard with cause stemming from his felony domestic violence arrest. I'm Isaac Shade from the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Back on Monday, December 12th, the news broke that Texas head coach Chris Beard had been arrested for, among other things, strangulating his fiance, Randy True. Now, True has since publicly retracted that statement. However, it was only a matter of time, the writing was on the wall, that Beard would ultimately be fired by Texas in the midst of just his second season in Austin. Rodney Terry will continue as the interim head coach, and the Longhorns are 5-1 and one since Beard's suspension, the lone loss coming earlier this week in a blowout at the hands of K-State. Also, keep your eyes on recruiting. Ron Holland had recently, just earlier this week, reaffirmed his commitment to the Longhorns. I'm very curious to see how this decision will affect his commitment as that of others going forward. Much more to come on this breaking and developing story. Stay with us here on Locked On College Basketball to get you all the latest news. With the non-conference portion of the college basketball schedule behind us, it's time to figure out what players have most hurt or helped their draft stock and what teams are frauds and what teams are for real. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade. Thanks so much for making us your first listen or watch every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, who has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's great today on Locked On College Basketball to be joined by CBS Sports, Mr. Kyle Boone, KB, coming at us from Tulsa, Oklahoma area. And uh, KB, Happy New Year. It's awesome because it's that time of year when college football is essentially done, except for Georgia wrapping up the national championship game on Monday. But uh, man, folks are starting to come. And so for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, welcome. We're glad you're here. And we want to start getting you caught up on some of the names to know, particularly those who might hear their name called in the NBA draft next summer. And that's where we're going to start. And uh, thankfully enough, Mr. Kyle Boone is dialed in always on the NBA draft. Lots of great work he does for that on CBS Sports. Make sure you go check it out. And so Kyle, what I want to look at is um, relative to um, like preseason expectations, I know this is a year where we're not expecting a, a uh, number one overall pick to come out of college, but we do have several. Obviously, that'll be in the lottery. And so relative to preseason expectations, who are some names to know stock up? And then who are some names to know stock down? Yeah, I love it. It's a great question. So I, I picked two from each category here. Number one, stock up, Brandon Miller. Alabama, maybe maybe a potential dark horse for player of the year conversation right now. He's been that good. He's, he's clearly the best freshman in college basketball this season. Isaac, I have to raise my hand. Man. I did not have Brandon Miller on my preseason top 30 big board for the NBA draft. I wanted to see what he would look like before just jumping on the hype train. And 
total mistake. Total mistake. <laughs> hands up. Like he is clearly a lottery pick. I have him number three in the latest top 60 big board wow. at sports. He's number three in my latest mock draft that will publish later on Thursday. He yeah. leads he leads the SEC at scoring. He's hitting like 44% from three-point range. Huge frame at like six foot nine. Just projects perfectly as a scoring wing at the next level. So, been really impressed with what I've seen from Brandon Miller. And he was a five star recruit. So maybe I should have kind of bought the the rankings a little bit more. But yeah, you know, it's I think it's one of those things where I just wanted to see it with my own eyes. And I think from what we've seen, clearly a guy who is rising uh, as as high as just about anyone in college basketball this season. Another guy who I have draft stock up who fits kind of the similar profile big wing who can shoot the three it's it's jet howard from michigan and he's been fantastic similar trajectory as brandon miller looked back at his uh recruiting uh rankings at 247 sports was the 42nd ranked player in his class so you know outside even if you were doing one and done for every player in his class he would not have been a projected first rounder Clearly on the one-and-done radar at the moment. He's hitting around 37% from three this season. A really good catch-and-shoot weapon. Obviously has a big frame at six foot eight. And then you go to his NBA pedigree. His dad is obviously Juwan Howard. He was a pretty good basketball player in his own right. So um, there's a lot of guys who are like sons of NBA players who just grow up around the game and just have like a feel and awareness and uh, Jet seems to have that. He's he's a real high IQ player. I think could play both ends of the floor. So both of those guys, both wings, I think are on the rise. I'll keep talking here. I feel like I'm going on, a, on stands. Oh, you're yeah. good. Uh, two guys I have on stock down. Nick Smith Jr. from Arkansas. This is a really, really tough one. I, I can't imagine that his his stock is actually falling that much. I can't, again, I think he's a clear top 10 player in this class, but the hard truth is that he's only played in five games this season. He had a knee injury to start the season, and now he's out indefinitely. hasn't played in a few weeks for Arkansas, dealing with the same knee injury. And so was the number one recruit in his class. This is a guy who I think people thought would be a challenger to Scoot Henderson as the number two prospect in this class behind Victor Wimanyama. Yeah, That has not been the case so far. Uh, when he was healthy, or at least when he was playing a full allotment of minutes, I mean, he had a three-game stretch with Arkansas where he was averaging like 20 points per game and uh, looked like the killer that we kind of all expected. I, I think this is for short for his short-term stock. It's it's obviously not great. You'd prefer to see guys who are playing on the court, but I, I think so long as the knee injury isn't like you know, like debilitating arthritis or something, he's going to be fine. I, I still have his, have him as a top 10 prospect in this class. And uh, I'm buying the dip, I think, with Nick Smith Jr., even if he's not playing currently. And then the second one I'll mention as a draft stock down, you could really pick several Duke guys, Tyrese Proctor. or I ask you about these guys, yeah. Yeah, or Derek Whitehead. I went with Derek Lively. Uh, right. was a consensus five-star recruit. Um Coming into the season, you know he's he's just not getting it done right now. He's getting minutes at Duke, but doing very very little with it. He's seven foot one. I think he's kind of a modern NBA center, and and I think he can be an NBA starter. I really still believe in the talent. Um, he's a really good shot blocker, but you know I I think right now he's curiously unproductive and not impactful, and that was just not something I don't think anyone saw coming. Uh, coming into the season he's he's not even he was their number one um 
recruit in their signing class and he's like maybe their third or fourth best freshman this season so uh that's a that's a testament i think to kyle philip Kalowski and how good he's been um but i think it's also a product of just like lively has kind of just been another dude so far yeah absolutely great stuff there kyle thank you for all that uh two up and two down i want to go back and and talk about a couple of those with um mr miller there at alabama i've heard and seen my, I mean, I, f- I feel like I see it myself. Some, some Jabari Smith uh, shades. Is, is that um, in any way a fair comparison for people who are trying to just kind of see maybe some of that similar trajectory to last season? Somewhat. I can see that comp being made um, just because I think Jabari Smith, right. Was just like a killer knockdown shooter. He was just a perfect, like uh, pass him the ball, get him the ball anywhere. And so long as he's not creating, um, he's he's going to knock down the shot. I, I definitely feel that way with Brandon Miller. To me, I think Miller is slightly more intriguing in terms of his creation ability because he's not... Jabari Smith is like a great prospect. Like Defensively, he's fantastic. But Miller has a little bit more shake to his game. Um, I think he does a little bit more creating for himself and for others. And so that aspect of it is a little bit different if you're comparing games and that's why i'm excited for brandon miller because i think he's he's not just a guy who you have to run sets for like he's a guy who can really fit into your system as as a role player and uh long wings who who can play both ends like brandon miller does i I think fits into a number of different situations and will be successful kind of regardless and that's part of why we saw last year with Auburn struggling so much. Their two first-round draft picks aren't aren't playmakers. It was relying on the back, the inconsistent backcourt, yeah. uh, who had to make plays down the stretch, and that was part of why, frankly, they fell apart in the end. As as for the Duke, kind of, we we've got this group of four with Whitehead, Lively, Filipowski, and Tyrese Proctor, who I believe in your last mock draft you had all four as first-round draft picks. When things refresh with your new crop coming out uh what would have been yesterday as folks are listening to this will you have all four of them still in the first round and how big a leap has kyle filipowski made yeah i have filipowski actually just a little bit higher than where he was um he's still gonna be in that like 10 to 14 range um and i can't imagine he will rise too much but he has definitely solidified his standing if nothing else is like a guy who is clearly should be considered in the lottery I have not completely overreacted to Derek Whitehead and right. Derek Lively um, thus far being, you know, let's, let's be frank here. I like massive disappointments based yeah. off preseason yeah. expectations. I still think they will be first round picks, even if they continue on the same trajectory. Uh, it, it's one of those things where you would like to see the production, but like, go look at Amari, ba- uh, not Amari Bailey, who was UCLA's, um, Freshman last oh, last year, Peyton uh, Watson, Watson from yep. from last season, and it's like he has a five star pedigree. People have high expectations for him, and he's basically like not in the rotation. And still, yet he goes and and gets picked late in the first round. And I think both Lively and Derek Whitehead are clearly better prospects than yeah. someone who fits in that category and now you could probably argue like watson probably did not deserve to be selected in that range but like th- it's just an example of even if you're not performing up to expectations as a as a freshman 
you're still a freshman. You're still like 18, 19 years old. You still have five-star pedigree. There's a reason that you've been scouted. You've been evaluated for several years on the NBA draft radar. And so, you know, like with, with Whitehead, like there's not a, there's not any major injury that's causing him to not quite perform up to expectation. Like he, and I will say like he had a really good into the 2022 calendar year, like two solid performances. They were both like separated by three weeks. And that was in part because of injury. So something to monitor, but I, th I think something may be clicking there with him. And so he, he, this may be a moot point. Like he may be on the, on the up and up and on the ascent again to where we're talking about Derek white as a, as a clear top 14 guy. Okay. Uh, Lively is the one that I think is a little bit more curious. I I have him in my latest mock draft in like the early twenties, and I think I still feel like that may be overreacting too much to just how unimpactful he's been. So, to me, he's a guy who I think is pretty locked in as like a ten to twenty range, and uh, something to monitor. Like I. I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the if the light clicks on for him as well and, and he starts to to make an impact in the second half of the season. As for Proctor, he's not in my latest top 30. Okay. Um, he's still top 50 in my big board. Would like to see a little bit more from him. It, it feels like um, it, it, it could be a situation where he goes to and through, like maybe needs another year. But um, like the size, the the passing, the frame, like everything about Tyrese Proctor, there's a lot to like about him as a prospect. Um, but at this point, like the production just isn't there. So, so we'll see. He's kind of a one I'm actively monitoring, very excited about him, but not sure it'll be, uh, for 2023. Interesting. If you had to make a call right now, yes or no, will we see Nick Smith jr. Suit up for Arkansas again this season? Oh man. <laughs> uh, so if I say, if I say no, then Arkansas fans are going to get a hold of this and say, Oh, uh, um, <laughs> So I'll say yes as just a hopeful yes because like the dude is clearly talented. He can clearly play and coming off the injury like he just immediately asserted himself as an alpha for Arkansas. And this is a team that like is clearly loaded. Like they have Ricky Council who's been like one of the best transfers in college basketball. Right. Um Anthony Black who's a five-star guy who I think could be a lottery pick as well. Right. Like if he is right, he's one of the best players in college basketball and elevates that Arkansas team to a level where like they can really start dreaming about like potentially winning the national championship. So I don't have any insight into whether or not he comes back. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he does not come back just because again, like whether he plays five more minutes or 50 more games this season, I think he's pretty locked in as a top 10 guy. I just, I, I would love to see him play because he is such a special talent that uh, he's, he's really, really fun to watch. And, and Zion Williamson was the exception to that. Most of the guys in, in this situation are not going to come back. Zion did and college basketball was clearly the better for it. But you look at somebody like Shaden Sharp last year who never stepped uh, a foot on the court to play a minute for Kentucky. And so uh, curious to see, hopefully for the sake of college basketball, we get little NSJ before this season is done. One more quick draft question for you, Calboon. Obviously we talk so much about all these stud freshmen, a lot of international guys or overtime elite guys at the top this season. Who would be your highest ranked non-freshman college player coming off the board? I believe last uh, your last draft, it would have been Creighton's Arthur Kaluma. Is that still the case right now? 
Okay. So rephrase that question. Highest ranked college Sorry. player or non-college player? College player who is not a freshman. Mm, okay. That's interesting. Okay. So I'm looking up my big board now and my mock draft. Keontae George, Kaysen Wallace, freshman, freshman, Anthony Black, freshman, Jet Howard, freshman. Oh, this is good radio. Uh, <laughs> a ton of freshmen. Oh, my goodness. Okay. It's, it, I'll let you take a guess. It's not who I had previously. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, Terquavion Smith? No, but he's, he's like right there. It's, it's Chris Murray from Iowa. Oh, man. That, absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. yeah. Six foot eight forward is having a banner year for the Hawkeyes, averaging like 20 and a half points per game. He's shooting like around 37% from three. He looks like a perfectly projectable uh, stretch four at the NBA level. And um, I have him number 18 in my latest NBA draft. So have him going to the Warriors, which would just be not fair. But yeah, <laughs> I, like he's having, he's having a stellar year. Obviously, his brothers. I was going to say that helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. Seeing what Keegan did last year. Yeah, and uh, he's coming off like a, he just had 32 points against Penn State earlier in the week, his career high. So the big frame, the shooting, I think he's a potential lottery pick in this yeah. class, in an upperclassman. That's great. I sprung that one on you, KB. I'm sorry you did a great job finding it. Way to go. <laughs> I have uh, again, Got it. We've had, as always, several teams in the non-conference portion of the schedule that have put together uh, a solid, if unspectacular, resume. We want to look at some who are the frauds out of that group and who are the freels out of that group, like that old uh, milkshake you get it. QT. Love it. We're going to get there in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories. Just like me trying to get in some New Year's shape, then you got to try a Built Bar. We are just through the holidays. I know there's a bunch of you out there trying to do the same thing. And so you got to get you a Built Bar where healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, it's really good for you. And what makes it so good? Well, it's made with 100% real chocolate and comes in unbelievable flavors like churro. Give me some of that churro action and peanut butter brownie. I'm not sure how they do it at Built, but it always tastes great. Plus, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and yet 17 grams of protein. And here's the good news. You don't just have to order online now. Built Bars are at Walmart, which is like two miles that way, or Sam's Club. So folks, head out to your nearest family Walton store, do the Arkansas Razorbacks the solid, and get you a Built Bar there. Any of these. So if you're close to a Sam's Club, go do it right now, or you can still order at online at built.com. All right, KB, getting back into it, folks. We're joined by CBS Sports' Kyle Boone today. We've been talking about some NBA draft content. Great stuff there. And then next we want to look at every season. We've got, we've got teams that pile up a, a sometimes gaudy resume, or at least gaudy win-loss record, I should say, in the non-conference portion of the schedule. Sometimes it's legit. Sometimes it falls apart. So we want to look at a few teams who are frauds and a few teams who are freels. And so, KB, I'll start with you. Who do you have? Maybe just one one team in particular that you think is actually a fraud. Yeah, I've got two here. I, I'm going Good. above because I, I couldn't narrow it down to just one. <laughs> That's great. Uh, the first one is, it pains me to say, it's Purdue. And Purdue's number one in the AP poll. They're 13-1 in the season. Not a killer non-conference schedule. I think. Um, I think honestly, I think they're just closer to like the number fifteen team in the country than they are to the number one team in the country. And that's not a knock on them. It's a credit to what they've done. They've definitely 
um, surprised and overachieved, especially compared to preseason expectations. This is a Purdue team that was unranked coming into the season. Way better than anyone expected. Zach Eady has been a huge part of that, obviously. I think he's right now probably the front runner to win National Player of the Year. Matt Painter continues to paint just a work of art um, with the Boilermakers. Nice. Thank you very much. And so I'm, I'm not clearly in on them as the number one team in the country. I don't think they're a fraud, but I that's my kind of caveat. I think they're probably closer to like a really good borderline top 10 team than like the number one team in the country. And it wouldn't surprise me if they started to stumble just a little bit, especially with the start of the big 10 conference schedule looking pretty rough. They've already taken a loss. So um, that'll be tough. The, the second one that I would, I would mention here is a, as a quote unquote fraud. Again, I think both of these teams are going to be NCAA tournament teams. So fraud, you take kind of a loose definition of sure, this. Sure. To me, it's Texas. Um, you know, the, I I think they have an elite offense. Defensively, I think there's starting to be some questions about that team. They just gave up 116 points at home uh, to Kansas State in a loss. And and uh, Jared Burson, who does a great job as a kind of a college basketball personality on Twitter, um, he said that Kansas State's 116 points that they scored against Texas are the most ever scored in a regulation road win over an AP top 10 team. So. Uh, I think they're leaking oil on the defensive side of the ball. And, and Texas, I think offensively, they're going to be good. They're going to win a lot of games. But I'm curious to see if this is a pattern where they're starting to fall apart a little bit defensively. Um, so those are the two kind of frauds that I have highlighted. Do you have uh, any, anything to add on those or do you have? Yeah, no, I, I'm right with you. And especially given all the Chris Beard stuff with Texas, it's like yeah. I, I just with him not patrolling the sideline, I mean, take away everything with the morals of what's going on. And, and we're, that's not the conversation we're having right now. But if he's not the head coach of this team, I, I just I don't know. And I, I have sat here for the past 48 hours or so trying to figure out how on 116 points, like what on earth? It's wild. Uh, for me, I have a couple that I'd like to uh, point out. The SC, We had several SEC teams that were undefeated for a while. And both uh, Mississippi State and Auburn, to me, are teams that I am mm. uh, not fully sold on. Mississippi State has now lost three in a row after starting off 11-0, and 0, including yep. just getting absolutely boat-raced by Tennessee earlier this week. That I don't know if you were dialed in on that game, but it was insane to watch. And, of course, finally Tennessee is hitting from outside and if that's just unfair if that's how the balls are going to play um but the, the the one I most want to point out is abs actually Illinois who mm. has has I think it's not that I don't think they're talented or a good team but it's the inconsistency the up and down of it you know I mean they've beaten UCLA they've beaten Texas who you just talked about but I mean goodness they're 0 and 3 in the Big Ten at this point losses at Maryland, which that looked better earlier this season, but, um, and to Missouri, who I think, um, I'm actually going to mention when we talk about for reals, I'm, I'm a little bit sold on Missouri despite a loss earlier this week and then at Northwestern. And so, um, I just, I think the pieces are there. I love Terrence Shannon. I wish Matthew Meyer would be more consistent and maybe that's part of the issue there, but those are kind of my frauds. Uh, KB for you, what about some for reals? Yeah, the Mississippi State one was like just sitting there waiting for the tape. That's a really obvious one. Uh, same with Illinois, just like maddeningly um, inconsistent. Uh, my for reals that I have, the teams that I think 
are legit. And from what we've seen, I think we can extrapolate and project ahead that they will continue to be for real. The first one is UConn. Um, they took their first two losses of the That's season. Right. Um, and so I think people may be jumping ship thinking UConn is Don't. maybe closer to the fraud category. Uh, lost to Xavier, really good Xavier team, and to Providence. Uh, but I'm never more convinced that UConn is still legit. This team just completely stifles you defensively. They can play inside and out. They have a ton of athletes. Sonogo's awesome. Uh, just a ton of length. So I, I still think that UConn, to me, uh, like you can't – I wouldn't rank them number one in the AP poll just because I think you have to factor in resume and, and what teams have done. But to me, I still think I'm convinced that UConn is the best team in the country. And then the other for real I have is Arizona. Uh, electric offense under to Tommy Lloyd. Umar Balo is fantastic. Tubella has been a complete stud. Uh, they've won seven in a row. One of those was over a really good Tennessee team that you mentioned. Uh, I think has the best defense in the country. And Arizona's offense just like cannot be stopped. So uh, those two teams, I, I think, are for real. Would not surprise me if they're like top two NCAA tournament seeds come March, and they look like legit contenders. Yeah, absolutely. I was Arizona was going to be one of mine, so I'll jump to my second team, which I, I feel like it's like well, duh, but it's Kansas Jayhawks. And here's the reason why: I know it's the defending national champions, but that's part of it. They lost so much off of last year's team and and coming into the season on paper I look at the roster Calboon and I'm like I I just don't see I mean I trust Bill Self and so they're going to contend top of the Big 12 but I didn't see this what they're doing right now currently 13 and 1 lone loss is a neutral to Tennessee we keep bringing them up believe in the Vols um and and listen the Big 12 is insane last I looked all 12 all 10 teams excuse me were top 45 at Ken Palm I don't know if that's still holding true I need to look back at it but um and so they're going to take uh, should at least take some losses in conference play um but man Dewan Harris to me is one of the most underrated true point guard playmaking point guards in the nation and when he's able to do that and, and getting out to Grady Dick, who similarly, I think is probably was one of the more undervalued um, or underranked, perhaps freshmen coming in this season. And, and, and let's not miss Jalen Wilson, who we, we've often said, if, if Kansas was going to do things this year, he had to take a massive leap. Well, guess what? He has taken a more than massive leap and is in that conversation with Zach Eady at, in, in player of the year conversation, at least first team all American as of right now. And so, um, but then, and, and you got the defense of Kevin McCuller and don't forget KJ Adams. And so the, the pieces are there to just, I, I see all the complimentary parts that make Kansas to me a super, super legit team. Yeah. And I, I actually had them down. I ended up erasing them. I I think that Kansas is both entirely legit and I'm also kind of skeptical about what their ceiling is because yes, that's basically good. like under Bill Self, they've almost always had someone who can play like a true center position, right? Like you go back to last year, it was David McCormick, uh, you know, Azubuki before that. And now they're, they're basically at a point where like KJ Adams is playing like their small ball five and yeah. It's totally working. Um, I, I, it's probably just a testament to like Bill Self is an awesome coach and he's still figuring it out, even if the pieces are like not totally there. I'm curious if like they end up facing a team that has like a true center, like a, like Creighton and Ryan Kalkburner. Like, oh what, what happens if they face someone like that who has the size to beat them on the interior? Like, 
I don't know, UConn and Sonogo. So there's so many of those teams and players this there season. Is. There is. So I, I think there's some match matchups for them that could be problematic. Word. That being said, like <clears throat> they're a top five team in college basketball. They've been totally legit. I absolutely agree with you. They are a for real team. Yeah. Love that. All right. Last point on, on the kind of frills and frauds we have, as of this recording, nine division one teams left that have only one loss. We know after New Mexico lost the other night, we're out of undefeateds. And what I want to ask Kyle Boone is of these nine teams, who do you think is the most likely to enter their conference tournament with three or fewer losses? So no more than two more losses this season. So those nine teams are Houston, Kansas, Arizona, Purdue, TCU, K-State, Florida Atlantic, New Mexico, and the Charleston Cougars. So the obvious one is Houston. Houston is legit. I yep. think there is a strong case, although I would probably lean UConn, that Houston is actually maybe the best team in the country right now. Um, they they play defense. They completely get after you. They can play inside and out. They have Marcus Sasser. They have Jamal Shedd. I mean, they have so many different weapons. Jarris uh, Walker is like one of the most underrated freshmen. Yeah. yeah. And so <clears throat> I think Houston is the obvious. Like if they end up not losing again until Selection Sunday, that would not surprise me. In fact, if you go to their, their Ken Palm page right now, they're projected to win every game. Every game. Yeah. And so that wouldn't surprise me that the American – overall is is you know maybe not comparable to the big 12 and some of the other programs that that would be under consideration here the other team though that i i think could potentially fit this criteria is the team that we just mentioned it's it's kansas and uh this is a team that has completely dominated the big 12 under bill self they have uh, one loss on the season they're 13 and one they just beat texas tech on the road uh they survived a scare from oklahoma state Go to their Ken Palm page. They're only projected to lose one game the rest of the regular season. That's the the regular season finale against Texas on the road. And we just talked about Texas and why we may be skeptical about them moving forward. So, you know, it's the Big 12 is tough. Like if they end up losing five games, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me. But it just feels like Kansas despite losing all that they lost, you know, they, they have just managed to figure out how to piece this thing together in a way that like, is not only working, but like clearly working at an elite level. And I don't think anyone expected that like Kansas, everyone expected Kansas to be back in the NCAA tournament, defending their title. But I don't think anyone expected that Kansas would be like a potential top five team and like clearly in line to potentially defend their crown and like, be a very viable contender but so far that's like exactly what they are and i think this team's only going to get better as as the season goes on grady dick i think is going to continue yes. in his role as a true freshman and like he he looks legit and like one of the best freshmen in college basketball so uh those would be my two picks there kansas okay. and and houston a, a big 12 team and a, and a future uh, big 12 team yeah, which, man, if Houston was already in the Big 12 this season, what I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, man, if Kansas could do that in the Big 12, that would be something for sure. If I was taking out, outside of Houston, which, as you said, is the obvious uh, pick out, out of this criteria, I would actually go with the Arizona team you mentioned earlier. Um, 
honestly, the the Pac-12 outside of Arizona and UCLA is just is rough in a bad way. And kind of similar to what you just said about Kansas on Arizona's Ken Palm page, their only projected loss the rest of the way is this regular season finale at UCLA. Mm. And so assuming that Arizona can take care of business against all these other teams, even if they lost both of their regular season games to UCLA, they would still only have three losses and enter the Pac-12 tournament in that way. So I would look at the Wildcats and for all the reasons you mentioned earlier, if I was taking a non-power conference team, I'm going with Charleston. Uh, they're, they're 88th Ken Palm. Currently, Kyle Boone, I didn't realize this until I was kind of researching for this conversation, have the longest active winning streak in all of Division One right now, Charleston does. Oh, wow. Stuff right there. 14 straight wins for, uh, for Pat Kelsey's team. Um, and similar to what we've said about these other teams, they're favored in every CAA game except for at UNC Wilmington next Wednesday. And so um, mm-hmm. I, I know like – they're ranked in the AP poll right now. They're not as great in the in the computer metrics and stuff like that. But um, I think as as they're in CAA play, I've seen them play uh, at least two full games this season. And man, they are a tough nosed team that I think can handle the gauntlet of the regular season. Love it, love it. That's a definitely a good mid major to keep an eye on. That is a uh, that is a team that has completely come alive. They lost to North Carolina, obviously in the second game of the season and have not lost since their complete line overall right now. Yeah, absolutely. And even that was a tough, close game there in Chapel Hill. So Kyle Boone, final thing we want to look at today is moving ahead to the weekend. Uh, Man, we're at that part of the season where every Saturday has just a ridiculously fun slate of college basketball games, some on Sundays as well. And so um, just we're running long on time. And so let's not take a a big bicycle ride all around the nation, but let's do hit a few games that we each think might have some upset potential. Obviously, the Big 12 slate each weekend is nuts. Um, Some other games to highlight, and then I'd love to hear your upset alerts. Creighton at UConn. I know Creighton had that losing streak after a hot start but um man could be interesting just make sure you're tuned into that one noon on saturday on fox kentucky at alabama listen kentucky has not been kentucky this season they did just um hold off a a furious lsu comeback earlier this week um i love this alabama team they're back to playing that defensive a couple years ago Wisconsin and Illinois. I know I mentioned Illinois earlier as like this up and down team, but 0-3 in the Big Ten. But this game is at home. If they can figure it out, like it's like when they put it together could be interesting. Another one that I'm curious about, not for the game itself, is Tennessee at South Carolina. I really want to see how Gigi Jackson plays against Tennessee's defense. That will be interesting. 3.30 Eastern on SEC Network on Saturday. And the final one I want to point out is Xavier at Villanova, 4.30 Saturday on FS1. Um, can As Cam Whitmore is back in the game, Villanova is starting to look a little more like itself, not, not fully uh, what they've been doing the past decade or so, but um, can they hold serve at home against X on Saturday? Kyle, as you look at those games and others, what are your thoughts? I'm going to add one here. It's, hey. it, uh, it's Kansas State at Baylor on Saturday. Yes, good it, one. Jerome Tang, new head coach at Kansas State, who yes. was obviously uh, his mentor was, is Scott Drew, longtime Scott Drew disciple. And um, Kansas State's like quietly one of the best stories in college basketball this season. The 13 and 0, or 13 and 1, excuse me. They, they're 2 and 0 in, in league play. They just beat Texas 
obviously on Tuesday scored 116 points. And I think this game could be legitimately close. Baylor's maybe not as good as we thought. And Kansas state is a lot better than we thought. So um, that's one to watch. Obviously all the big 12 games, I think will be entertaining Kentucky Bama to me, the, of the ones that you highlighted to me is the most interesting one because it's Kentucky at Alabama. Kentucky is just a total mess on offense right now. And yet they still seem to be like kind of just scraping along. And, and I, think the solution looks like it's going to be just like give us more case and wallace like just give us all of the case and wallace and maybe he serves as kind of the way that they can get this thing back on track hopefully um i mean we'll see like the the rotations that calipari has been using the way in which he's been closing games has just been like very fascinating like he played his starters like 40 minutes in a complete blowout like just some some weird stuff going on in Lexington, and I have no idea what to make of it. But uh, obviously, facing Brandon Miller in Alabama is going to be awesome. Like Brandon Miller in big games has been has been really solid. And if he, he goes and puts up forty points in this one, wouldn't surprise me at all, especially in front of the the Bama home crowd. Creighton UConn, Creighton at UConn yeah. is fantastic. I think that is uh, lots of storylines there. Can Creighton get? Or can UConn get back on track? They've lost two in a row. What version of Creighton will we see? Will we see like Maui Creighton that had people really excited to pick them as a potential Final Four team? I like Creighton as a potential upset pick, and in fact, I know this. Segment. I'm going to go ahead and do it. I think Creighton yes. beats UConn on Saturday. Ryan Kalkburner in the lineup. Like this Creighton team is just totally different. Blue Jail, Blue Jays are nails. I mean, they have so many different weapons that I think they can beat you with. Uh, Trey Alexander at at the guard spot. Nimhard, um, Baylor Shireman. Like they have so many different athletes and link to pull off pull this off. And UConn is kind of finding itself right now on the fly. I, I'm curious to see if they're a little bit on the ropes, if they can rebound. Obviously, I think they're going to be favored at home against Creighton, yeah. uh, against Creighton but I, I think that uh, if I'm going to pick an upset that, that maybe people are not quite in on, I think it's Creighton over UConn on Saturday. I love that. Well, you mentioned my upset pick already. I was going to take K-State at Baylor. I almost... Uh- took Baylor on on my fraud list just because listen I love this team I I love the three guard lineup with those guys but just I think without Jonathan Chamachachua and, and some of those other front court guys like Flo Thamba just he's he's a great guy just not he's not it unfortunately yeah. and what a cool story to have Keontae Johnson the the every, everyone hopefully knows about the the medical history and everything at Florida just so neat to see what he's doing at K State for Jerome Tang uh, and and the storyline of, of him coming back to Waco Jerome Tang just lots of fun there but Baylor zero and two in the Big Twelve I am saying they are going to come out of the weekend zero and three write it up uh, Kyle I love it Gigi Jackson yep. over under fifteen points against Tennessee on Saturday oh I'm going to take the over Tennessee's yeah. Defense is fantastic. Gigi Jackson is just like on a different level at 
at the moment. Like he, he just won freshman of the week honors with us at CBS and USBWA. Um, he had 24 points. Um, believe it was like either New Year's Eve or the day before New Year's Eve against Eastern Michigan and Imani Bates. Imani Bates. That was a fun game. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, like I think he gets it done. He's, he's a guy who isn't just like a true center and is, is posting up in the paint. Like this guy who's like hitting threes and getting the line. So, yeah, I would take the over. If he scores like 23 points and has seven boards, like that's that's definitely in his wheelhouse. So I think that could that could be done. Love it. Great stuff. A great weekend of college basketball ahead. All sorts of fun names and games to know. Kyle Boone, thank you as always for joining us. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all these games. Thanks so much to Kyle Boone for joining us on today's show. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show, smash the like button, and leave comments on your thoughts on this weekend's slate of games, who you think is for real or frauds, and what uh, draft picks you are thinking are going up the draft boards or coming down. For your next listen, make sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Locked On Sports Today. Available on Odyssey, YouTube, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy all the college basketball. Andy Patton and I will be back with you on Monday. But until then, peace.